guys feeling? Feeling good? No, come on, 9 a.m. How are you guys feeling? Yeah, of course. You guys are doing great. Hey, uh, before we get into it, uh, I wanted to make just a quick, just so you guys know, uh, today's a really big day. Today is Baptism Sunday. We're doing Baptisms today after service. Could not be more excited about baptisms. And here's the thing. There are a couple students who are getting baptized, one specifically that we have right now that's getting baptized at the 9 a.m. And here's the thing, because every student matters in junior high. Before we finish service, we're actually finishing service a little early, and we're all going to go out there together, and we're going to get seats, and we're gonna, we'll meet our parents over there, and we're going to experience baptisms together. It's going to be great. And if any of you are sitting here and you're thinking, man, I, I, I wish I would have you know, gotten involved in getting baptized. I've been wanting to do that for a while. I feel God's been speaking to me about baptism, and you just didn't have the time, or something came up, or you missed it, but maybe even in this moment, you're thinking, man, I, I would totally get, totally get baptized today. There's still time. We can talk to your parents. We can discuss it. If it works, it could work. I've gotten in there with my clothes on before. I've gone home soaking wet. It's awesome. But if you feel God is stirring something in your heart and you kind of feel like, you know, baptism, it totally, like, I kind of want to do that. Let's talk about it after service. We can definitely make something work. I'd love to. Uh, we're in, uh, back into a series we were doing a while ago. We're doing it kind of again for a couple weeks called The Pursuit of Happiness. Now, here's the thing. We all have, you know, happy things that kind of make us happy. Now, and, and I think this is true. It's at least true for me. I don't know if it's true for you guys. There's things that make us really happy, but that's not like, like, it's not just the moment that makes us really happy. It's really the knowledge of what the future moments are going to be. Like, you get something awesome, and it's not like that moment of excitement, like opening a gift, or, or you make the sports team. That's really exciting. You're happy about that. You get, like, your first, you know, session report cards, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, good, happy things happen. But those happy moments, that's not, like, it. Like, it's knowing that, man, I got this new video game system. Like, I'm going to be able to play with this with all my friends for months and years to come. And there's a lot of happiness. There's a lot more moments of happiness. You know, you get on that sports team. You've been practicing really hard and working really hard. And now you got on the team, and you know you're going to get to practice and play games, and you're really competitive. I was talking to a girl earlier. This is a real story. And I'm not going to point her out. I was talking to a girl earlier. She plays a sport called water polo. And we're like, oh, water polo, that's pretty, like, that's pretty severe. Like, you know, do you, are you hardcore? She's like, yeah. And this, this girl is short, and, you know, she, she is, you know, you know, looks like a girl, and and I'm like, and she's a tougher guy than I am because she's like, you know, yeah, we were playing water polo, and I was like, put this girl's head underwater, and I just kind of held her there, and I'm like, whoa, extreme, very extreme, very cool though. I'm a big fan of water polo, but I mean, you make the team, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, and it's not just the joy of making the team, it's the joy of the moments that are to follow because you made the team. You know, happiness. It isn't just a moment. It's, it's, it's like a lifestyle of things. It, it's the knowledge of what's going to come like next. And I think happiness, and this is me too, and I hope it's the same for you guys. I'm usually happiest when, not when I get stuff, I'm usually happier when I see other people get stuff. And usually, hopefully, I'm the one who's getting them that stuff. Like, I love opening gifts on my birthday, but, and I'm really happy about that. But it's like a totally different kind of joy and happiness I have when I see other people opening gifts that I got for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like you guys, like, you know, you, you, someone helping you or doing something for you, like that's fun, that's joyful. But then the experience of doing something for someone else and how they feel about that and how uh, the joy that comes on their face, like it's a totally different kind of joy that we have. And as we kind of live this life pursuing happiness, is, are we making it something that's all about us or are we making it something that's about other people? And it's a big question that I have. I mean, what do you guys do? Do you make the happiest times of your life times that are all about you? Or are the happiest times of your life involve other people? You know, being generous, I mean, that's one of the greatest ways of finding happiness. 
I mean, to be able to be generous with someone else who needs something, maybe it's a friend who's in need and you're helping them out. Maybe it's a family in need, and as a family, you guys like buy them a big Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner or just groceries, whatever, and it's just like a thing you do. Maybe it's a homeless guy that you see on the side of the road, and I, I love interacting with homeless people, and you know, you guys you probably shouldn't do it by yourselves, like you know, go with you know junior high when we go to the chili van or do it with your parents, but interacting with them and, and being able to talk to them and, and help them and and just pray for them. And that's, that's an exciting, joyful, generous thing. You know, very rarely are we as generous as we'd probably like to be, though. You know, this is what I believe. I believe that the enemy or, like, the, you know, if you were a superhero, you're, like, villain. I think the villain of generosity is busyness. That's what I think. I think the villain of generosity is busyness. Because if you think about it, like, you guys are really busy. I was talking to my wife on the way into church today, and she's like, yeah, a lot of students have busier schedules than you do, and I have a really busy schedule. But I think that's true. You guys are in, like, two, th- who's in, who plays one sport? Who plays more than one sport? Who plays two sports? Who plays three sports? Four? Five. You play five sports? That's insane. You play five sports? It's nuts, dude. All right, who plays an instrument? Who plays more than one instrument? More than two instruments? More than three instruments? More than three instruments? Who speaks one language? Who speaks more than one language? Who speaks more than three languages? Or three, who speaks three languages? You speak three languages? You speak three languages? Anyone speak four languages? Okay. Who, let's talk about studying. Who spends an hour studying every night? Oh, let's do, let's do every night. Let's do the, the course of a week. Let's not do, the, let's not do every night, because every night, that's weird. Let's say the course of a week, seven days, okay, seven days, over the course of a Monday. So let's just do Monday through Friday. We can include Saturday and Sunday, seven, seven days. Who studies for more than an hour during the course of a week? It's hilarious. I'm sh- who studies more than two hours over the course of the week? Two hours or more over the course of the week. Three hours or more over the course of the week. Four hours or more. Be looking around. You got, hey, if you're, not, if you're not looking around seeing students, you're missing stuff. More than or five or more hours a week. Keep your hands up. Six or more hours a week. Keep them up. Hey, if you have your hand up, you got to raise a high for people to see. Seven or more hours a week. Eight or more hours a week. Nine or more hours a week. Ten hours a week. Eleven hours a week. Twelve. And I believe you. Hey, listen. And I believe you guys. Thir- Thirteen hours a week. Now, hey, listen. You did 13 hours a week. I mean, that's like a part-time job. Like, that's like a part-time job. You know, you go to work at school, and then you come home, and you have a part-time job called studying, and that's like, doesn't pay as good, obviously. You guys are busy people. Busy. You guys are in school, and you're thinking about the work you have to do. You're thinking about the projects you have to do. You're doing your sports team, and you're not thinking of the one sports team you're on. You're thinking of the three other sports teams. You're thinking of the instruments you're playing, the stuff you're learning. All right, here's a really good question, okay? Who in the room raised their hand, okay, raised their hand for playing more than two instruments, studying more than three hours a week, and playing more than one, in, uh, playing more than one sport? Anyone fit that category? More than, one, more than one sport, more than three hours studying a week, and more than two instruments that you know. You and the rest of you raising your hands are really busy people. Now, here's the thing. The villain of generosity is busyness. Here's my question to you. Imagine you're a superhero, okay? You're a superhero. 
You are superhero, whatever your name. You can pick your name, pick it in your head right now. All right, everyone, take three seconds. Think of your superhero name. Everyone, close your eyes, concentrate. Think of your superhero name. One, two, three. Everyone, think. All right, everyone has their superhero name, and you're a superhero now. Now, tell me, you are a superhero. Who is your villain? Who is your villain if you're a superhero? Oh, shh. Who? Give me one. Booger Snot is the name of your villain. Okay. Okay, quiet. Hey, oh, oh, quiet, quiet, quiet. You are a superhero. Hey, quiet. You're a superhero. What's the name of your villain? Quiet that couch. Give me one. Come on. Darth Vader. Okay, that one's pretty good. All right, let's try it again. Let's try it again. You are a superhero. Quiet. This couch doesn't talk anymore. You are a superhero. You have an evil nemesis, an enemy, just like generosity has the nemesis of busyness. You are a superhero. What would be your villain? You personally. You personally are a superhero. What would be your homework? Who said homework? You said homework? All right, homework. Quiet, quiet. Hey, once, someone, once I start talking, you guys stop talking. Homework is a really good example. All right, let's do it again. You guys, you personally, you are superheroes. Homework is a good example. You are superheroes. What is your villain? What did you say? Dr. Evil. Okay, good. Billy Mays. Okay, now you're not talking anymore either. Anyone else? Girls, what do you got? Time. That is a wonderful example. You are a superhero, and your villain is time, because there's not enough time, and there's not enough time to go around to everything, because we're all really busy people. Let's do one more, because I think you're going to get, I think you're kind of getting the idea. Homework, time, you're kind of getting the idea, I think, maybe, hopefully some of the boys are catching on. You're a villain, you're a villain, or you're a superhero, and you have a villain. What is your villain? Quiet, what? Worries. Quiet. Worries. What'd you say? Social expectations. What else? Sleep. Lack of sleep. School. What'd you say? Social media is a really good one. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We all, even the people that didn't shout out or raise their hand or share something, everyone in the room has a villain. And, and this is the best part. It's personal to every single one of us. It keeps us from doing the things that we really wanted because we don't have enough time. The villain, just, it takes all of our time and it's the worst. You know, social media just takes all of our time and it distracts us and it gives us this false view of what the world is or, or even how maybe people perceive us, which is totally terrible. You know, what was the one you said? Who said it? You said it. Social what? Social experience. People expect something from you. And here's the thing. This is what's so sad. You guys... I don't call you kids ever, really. I call you students because you're my students. But here's the thing. You guys are young, like, like young, young, like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old young. If you guys are young, you shouldn't have a lot of expectations on you that, that are becoming your villains. But yet it happens all the time. Here's the thing. I think the villain of generosity is business. And I think generosity, for me, I'm, I kind of pose it in four ways. So these are the four ways. I always want you to write these down. Okay, this is how I look at, at ways that you can be generous. So when I talk about, hey, we should be generous people, these are the ways I think about the way you could or should be generous. Here's number one. Time. Time is one of the ways you could be generous. 
Now, we don't have a lot of time. That was such a great example. I love that you shared that. There's not enough time to go around. We feel like we're strapped for time. The little time we do have and how we spend it, it's a tough thing. I get it. But time is a way that we can be generous. Here's another one. Money is a way that we can be generous. And we get money and we have money and we think, man, this is good and it's for me. Here's the thing. God says it's, it, it's something that's being entrusted. It's being given to you. It's a gift to you. You don't own it. It's not yours. It's something that God's given to you. And, and there's, a, there's a spirit of generosity to share it with people who, who, who do need. And the willingness to not just hold it and it's mean, it's mine. And, you know, it's funny because me and Britt are reading these baby books. You guys want a little bit of a baby update? Okay. It's a boy, okay, good. His name, you guys want to know what his name is going to be? Beckett, you guys know his name, this is great. See, you guys, you guys are going to be perfect babysitters one day. All right, here's another thing I'm learning. Here's another thing I'm learning. Because I'm, I'm reading all these books about development and all these things. And I came to this one page in the book and it was talking about, you know, as they're developing, getting older, uh, that no one teaches them, no one teaches them the idea of possession. No one teaches you the idea of possession. You know, you are born with the idea of possession. You're born with the idea of me and mine. And you're born with it. You have that. You know and you are, have no problem instilling that into other people. This is me, this is mine, and it's mine. And sharing is tough. Money, sharing money, that's a tough thing. To not say, oh, I earned this. This belongs to me. It's mine. The generosity with money, that's a difficult thing. It's difficult for your parents. Talk to them about it. Kenton's talking about it right now. It's a difficult thing. Being generous with money is a really big deal. Here's a third one. Yourself and your possessions. So you know, being generous with your possessions, the things you have, being willing to share, and girls get this really well. Girls, who, who here, who here is wearing, this is totally unplanned. I want to see if I'm right, though. Who here is wearing something right now in this room that they borrowed from someone else? They're wearing it on their person. You, you, anyone else? You, you kind of, you kind of borrowed something, you actually kind of stole it, just be honest. They didn't know. She gave it to you? Well, she sounds like a really generous friend. All right, you guys are... She steals your jacket? Okay, this is, we'll talk about this later. It sounds like something's happening here. Girls are great at sharing. They get it, sharing possessions. Stuff. Boys, we're terrible at it. We're not good at sharing stuff. We're the, we're the, hey, we're the worst. Listen, I'm a boy. I can be honest. We're the worst at it. But a level of generosity is sharing the stuff we have. It's not all mine. It's the thing of sharing. Here's the last one, our talents, being generous with our talents. Being, talent, being generous with what, how God's gifted us, what he's given to us. This is all big stuff. Now, here's the thing. We sometimes get a very skewed view of what generosity looks like and what it means to give. I want to watch a very quick video because we are going to get the opportunity to see what generosity actually looks like in a way that you might not expect, in, in a way that, I'm, I'll be honest with you, you probably haven't thought about it the way that this guy's talking about it. So, why don't you guys take a look at the screen, watch this video with me. It's only a couple minutes long. Check it out. Time. Michael, what was your big break? Our next guest has performed on Comedy Central's Premium Blend. He made his first appearance on The Tonight Show from Montreal Comedy Festival. You've seen him on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. That wasn't a big break. The big break was at a club. And right before I got on stage, I had a change in mindset about comedy. Normally, when a comedian gets on stage, he wants to get laughs from people. And I felt a little shift take place, where I felt like I was to go up there and give them an opportunity to laugh. Now I'm not looking to take. I'm looking for an opportunity to give. This changed everything. My name is Michael Jr. I'm going to do some jokes. And ultrasounds come in color now, which is ridiculous. I know it's a black baby. It 
better be a black baby. I leave the club that night, and there's all these people giving me hugs and high fives, telling me their favorite jokes. Then I look across the street, and I saw a homeless guy. And I thought to myself, what about him? Most comedy, most jokes are set up. My son, four years old, looks at me out of nowhere. And he says, Dad, I want to be a doctor. I was like, yes, yes. And then a punchline. Then he said, or a dinosaur. <laughs> I understand that me doing comedy and doing all of these TV shows and making all these people laugh is really just a setup. My punchline is to make laughter commonplace in uncommon places. We go to Montrose, Colorado, a place called the Dolphin House. They take care of children who have been abused by their parents. And his grandmother explains to me that her um, grandson is being abused by his mom. He's so afraid of his mom that everywhere he goes, he wears a Spider-Man costume. So I get on stage, sitting right up front, Spider-Man. I start doing comedy. People start laughing, slowly but surely. Probably about 25 minutes into it, I hear a voice. And the voice says, my name is Ronan. And this little boy pulls off his mask. And it was one of the most powerful moments in my entire comedy career. Here's the deal. If we could just stop asking the question, what could I get for myself? And start asking the question, what can I give from myself? I think people would learn that you don't have to be a comedian to deliver a punchline. It's really what I want to get across to people. And I think I just did. I looked at the camera again. I don't know if I was supposed to do that. <laughs> Anything else you can think of? Open yeah, your Bibles. Right Open your You've Bibles. Been set up. To Luke, or not Luke, 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting with verse 17. It's on page 963. We're going to read over this. We're going to go over it quickly. Because I don't want to leave you with a lot. I want to leave you with a question today. Because you might think, well, like, where's this lesson going? Like, what's going on here? Because usually I leave you guys with a big, like, smashing the, you know, teeth moment of, you know, whatever. I'm not going to leave you with that today. This is what I'm going to leave you with. I'm going to leave you with a big question. Because this is what I want to ask ourselves. I want to ask ourselves, are we generous people? I mean, over the course of this last week, have you found opportunities to be generous? Have you been generous? Or over the course of last week, you think, man, I really haven't been that generous at all. I haven't, you know, when I look at the, this list of, you know, time and money and, and possessions and talents, like I kind of keep all that stuff close to me. I don't really share that. This is what it says in the book of Timothy. This is what it says. Starting with verse uh, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. This is what's being said. You might not make sense, so I'm going to tell you what's being said. And then I want you guys to read this later with your parents, because here's the thing. If you guys aren't leaving, asking yourselves, how can I be more generous? And thinking this week, and it's right here on your happening. This is so good. It's written right here. How you show your generosity. How do you show your generosity? If you're not walking away asking those questions, then we have missed the mark today. But I want to walk away asking those questions. This is why. A guy named Paul was a pastor 
to a guy named Timothy. Now, when you think of it like this, I'm the junior high pastor. You guys see me all the time. So I'm here, and this whole thing is great. And I have students that I care for, and I'm you know, in a life group, and I have staff that work for me, and we spend time together. I want you to think of it like this. Imagine I'm writing a letter to one of these pastors in training. You know, imagine I'm writing a letter to Jess. Where's Jess? Where is she? Jessica, where is she? Is she walking around somewhere? She out there probably gonna change for baptisms. All right, Jessica, she's a terrible example. She's not even in the room. So no longer am I writing her a letter, okay? Now I'm gonna write a letter to Adam because Adam's in the room. He's sitting right over there. He's excited. So I'm writing a letter to Adam and I'm saying, Adam, here's some tips. These are things that I want you to teach other people. And they're not just my opinion. These are things right from God. So imagine if I was able to speak for God. Now, I can't do that. That's not my place. But Paul was able to speak for God. And God said this, tell Timothy that as he pastors other people, to learn from your example and to learn this most important thing, that the stuff we have is not ours, that there's greater joy in helping people than helping ourselves. And more importantly, and this is the, this is the kicker, if you guys missed this, you guys got to listen up. If you miss this, you miss everything because this is it. This is the big moment. So if you have your Bibles with you, which I know you all do, I want you to open your Bibles up. I want you to look at the verse I'm talking about, and I want you to take your pen. I want you to gently underline verse number 19 because here's the deal. If you don't know verse number 19, it's like you just don't, you're missing everything. Because this is what verse number 19 said. Gently underline it, okay, nothing goofy. This is what it says. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So for the rest of their lives, the coming ages, the rest of their lives, the things that are coming, the future, even, even when they die and they go to heaven, and even when heaven, like that whole picture, the future of their life. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. This is what he's saying. Take hold of the things that really matter. Take hold of the things that really matter. And being generous, caring for people, that really matters. Take hold of the things that really bring life. And there's a life to giving and to generosity unlike anything else in this universe. Live a life that's full of life. And God says life comes from being generous and caring for people more than you care about yourself. So here's the thing. How are you guys going to be generous? How will you show your generosity? This is the best thing ever. Starting next week, we're kicking off a brand new series. This is going to be so good. It's all about generosity. It's about being fearless in, in who we are, not just as, as Christians, not just as, as believers, but just who we are as people, as people that God made us to be. And we're going to get to go through it together. This is going to be awesome. And there's no one who's better at being generous and living and experiencing life like my junior hires. My junior hires are the best group in the entire church, and I'll put my group against any other group because you guys are amazing. And this is what we're going to do. Starting next week, we're going to have a little card, and everyone's going to get one on their way out of the door. Not today, but next week. And on the card is going to have ways for you to be generous and serve and get involved. And we're going to be raising money for something that's worthwhile, and we're going to raise coins, which this is going to be so fun. And... We're going to serve as families. So you're not going to just serve. And you can serve in your life group. That's beautiful. You can just serve as a family and do something different as a family. We are going to do something different together because that is who we are. Junior high ministry, you guys, and we are going to do it in a way that's never been done before. And that brings a lot of excitement to me. But this week, you're going to think about, talk to your parents about, talk to each other about, talk about it in life groups even. Because we're going to have worship night this week, so we're all going to be together. How are you being generous? We're going to worship together. 
and this is going to be a great song. We're going to rally, and we're going to get excited, so I want you guys to stand up. We're going to do it. Leave your Bibles where they are, and then I'm going to get back up here. We're all going to go do baptisms, and this is going to be great. We're going to celebrate who God is together. Everyone, leave your Bibles where they are. Everyone stand on up. Are you guys ready to worship? Let's just get right into it. Let's really just boom, 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 bam. Here we go. Worship time, guys. <laughs> 